Going Postal Publishing, the Going Postal Cast, and Christopher Chapman present Incarceration, the serialized weekly podcast performed by the author, Christopher Chapman. For more information, visit www.goingpostalpublishing.com or email him at goingpostalpublishing at gmail.com. This podcast is not suitable for children. It has violence, gore, and lots and lots of naughty words. If you can't handle that, go somewhere else. And now, on with the story, or whatever other crap I decide to come up with. Hello, boys and girls. How the heck are all of you doing? This is Christopher Chapman, and this is the Going Postal Cast. It is Incarceration Episode 25. It is the second-to-last episode of Incarceration. We have chapters 45 and 46 today, followed up by 47 and 48 next week. Don't worry, next week's not going to be the end of everything. I'm going to be back the following week with at least that episode, and we'll go from there. I have a few other things planned between now and Daddy's Little Girl. Speaking of Daddy's Little Girl, for those of you who have been following me on Twitter or liking me on Facebook, you have seen my YouTube post in which I unveil the actual Daddy's Little Girl book. I have two copies of a preview edition of Daddy's Little Girl. This is the book how it's going to look. I kind of wanted to get an idea of how it was going to look, how thick it was going to be, and not everything's edited in it. It's going to be edited one more time as I'm going to actually have somebody reading it, a first reader, so to speak, and I'm also going to be reading it as I'm doing the audiobook and making the final adjustments. It is really close to being finished, so we have all that to look forward to. On top of that, I'm going to give away one of the copies of the preview edition of Daddy's Little Girl. I will put my John Hancock in it, and then I'm going to give it away to one listener. I would say lucky, but I'm not exactly sure how lucky you are to have an unfinished book. But hey, if I somehow manage to get famous doing this, it's going to be worth something. It's going to be a very, very limited edition. If those of you who have been listening and helping out along the way, keep coming and tell your friends, guess what? That might actually happen. Anything is possible. So as far as the rest of the updates go, I've been plugging away every day on DHC3, the third book in the Death Has Come series, and it is coming along very nicely. I am 67,000 words into it or more. I did take one day off. Well, I needed one day off. I try to just keep plugging along and doing it every stinking day, but I got tired one day. I was coming off a of vacation, and I was just kind of burnt out a little bit, and I just said, you know what, I'm taking a day off, and I'm going to get back to it tomorrow, and that I did. And that pretty much wraps up the updates for this week, so I'm just going to go ahead and get right into the story, and I'm not going to keep you waiting any longer. Here it is, episode 25 of Incarceration. Chapter 45 Jason watched Matt. The man seemed to be dealing with inner struggles. His facial expressions contorted. Sometimes his mouth opened and closed, as if he were wording something out. All of a sudden, Matt's gaze fixed upon him. Then he approached with a smile on his face. You about ready to try this? Matt asked. 
Try what? Jason asked, but he already knew the answer. To get out of here. The sun is getting closer to coming up, and they still don't know we're alive. I believe that right now would be our best chance for getting out of here in one piece. Jason nodded in agreement, although he still held some reservations as to whether or not this was the best time to make their escape. Jason had thought about much of the same stuff in the last hour or so. He had thought about how the vampires would be searching for them once they learned that they'd survived the explosion. He had no idea how long that would be, but surmised that it would likely be some time after the sun came up. Why would they go running into a spot in which ten or so vampires had just been incinerated? If their brains were as primitive as Matt had led them to believe, they'd be scared as hell to come anywhere near the explosion area. They had come near the explosion area. Jason didn't know why or how he knew that, but he did. Something in the back of his mind told him that if they didn't get their asses into gear, the first of the vampires would work up enough courage to cross into the charred remains of the corridor. Jason didn't want to know how many vampires he would bring with him, but suspected that it would be a lot. Ready when you are, boss, Jason said. I've been studying the layout a little, Matt said. I don't think there's an exit this way. The kitchen is somewhere through the double doors we came through to get here. There are no visible exits other than those double doors. That leads me to believe that we have to leave this room, find the kitchen, and hope that there's an exit. I would think that there would have to be one, seeing as there would have to be precautions in the event of a kitchen fire. Have you honestly paid any attention to what goes on at this place? Jason asked. I don't think that they would have given two shits about the safety of their cooks. Hell. I don't think that they care one bit about their guards, nurses, or office personnel. The only thing they care about is keeping us caged like wild animals. We have to find out if there's an exit or not, Matt said, sounding as if he was pleading. No, 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 Jason said, shaking his head from side to side. For the last few hours, we've been going back and forth through this prison. And where has it gotten us? Nowhere. We're still looking for the way out just like we had been doing a few hours ago. Correct me if I'm wrong, or if it's these damn concussions talking, but aren't we supposed to be actually trying to get the fuck out of here? I'm trying to do that, Matt said. Now he sounded angry. We went inside when we could have stayed outside. We ran from the laundry room to your cell. We ran from that cell back to the laundry room, and now to here where we're about to run into the kitchen in which we'll just have to come back out and pass through that laundry room one more time. Matt moved forward with surprising speed for a man his age. He slammed a hand underneath Jason's chin, pushing him backwards until his back was against the wall. Jason didn't fight back. He'd obviously struck a nerve with Matt and was going to allow him to have his say. He wouldn't promise anything beyond that point. You listen here, you little shit, Matt scowled. I've been chasing these things for a dozen years while you've been locked away in here oblivious to what really happened to you and your parents. I didn't survive this long by running towards them every chance I got. There are other ways out of here and I will find them. The reason for going into the cell is for the stakes that I had spent several days making. You know that as well as I do. I didn't exactly expect your former neighbor to bend the bars to the cell and let himself in. I'm doing what I can to survive. I know you think that the kitchen is a waste of time, and it very well may be. But we have to try things from every angle. We need to search out every possible exit and determine the easiest way of getting out of here. Did you even feel that explosion? Jason asked, his voice strained. 
It blew the fucking door out. I'll guarantee you that there is now a large fucking hole in the wall where that explosion came from. We go there, let ourselves out, possibly kill two or three vampires, and hope to God that the sun comes up before they kill us. Or worse. Matt released Jason. Jason grasped at his throat, but just for a second. Matt walked away, looking as if he were thinking about something. He looked back towards Jason, his eyes filled with hate. Then, as if some switch inside him was flipped, his expression softened. He moved back towards Jason and extended a hand, slapping him on the shoulder. It didn't hurt. It seemed more playful than anything. We'll do it your way, Matt said, pulling the stakes out of his pockets. You're absolutely right about that explosion. I'd be surprised if there's any ceiling left. There's probably open space where we can get out without much trouble. He paused, looking at Jason. How in the hell did you think about that? Must be the concussions, Jason said, laughing. Normally, I'm not very smart. Don't sell yourself short, Matt said, slapping him on the shoulder again as he moved towards the double doors. It takes a lot to come up with stuff like that, with or without a concussion. He pushed on the double doors with his knuckles, refusing to release the stakes as he did. What Jason saw in Matt was a man that had been turned into a paranoid, aging man that didn't trust anyone or anything. Exactly why he was working with Jason was hard to say. Perhaps it was for survival, or that he understood that Jason had felt a similar loss as he. He didn't know what it could be, but watching Matt's paranoia was both strange and comforting. He would make sure that nothing jumped up on them. He was too cautious for that. Jason followed Matt through the doors and out into a corridor that looked as if it had been in a war zone. Fire still burned in some spots, but most of the walls, floor, and ceiling were covered in a dark ash. Some of the concrete had broken apart, leaving baseball-sized holes in the wall. This is still a ways from the main explosion, Jason thought. There are bound to be larger holes as we get closer. Jason saw Matt investigate a room to their left. He poked his head in through the door that was still on fire. He examined the room for about 20 seconds, then returned to Jason's side. That was the kitchen, Matt said, glancing back over his shoulder as they walked. Last chance if you change your mind. Jason suspected that Matt wanted him to change his mind. He'd had his heart set on using the kitchen as an escape. There very well could have been a door in there, but what happened if they got caught while they were in there and there wasn't a door out? That would have been one of the biggest mistakes they could have possibly made. He was determined to believe that what they were doing was the best thing. Was it foolproof? No. Was it even close to being a sound plan? Absolutely not. What it was, in his opinion, was a possible means to an end. They'd been all over the prison, searching for places to hide until morning. He was done hiding. As far as he was concerned, he'd been hiding the last 16 years. He was finished with that. Alive or dead, he wanted this over with. They continued down the corridor, standing less than a foot apart. Jason examined every nook and cranny, looking for anything hiding in the shadows. This was difficult seeing as there were so many shadows. There were several windows in this corridor, but the ones that hadn't blown out were covered with soot, letting almost no light through. Unfortunately for them, the windows were too small for either of them to slide through. That would have been too easy. It seemed that everything they did tonight had to involve some effort. 
Nothing was coming easy. They came to the end of the corridor, where the door had been blown off its hinges by the explosion. Through the doorway, Jason could see a larger amount of light than he'd seen since the power went out. They were very close. They turned right and entered the destroyed doorway. Jason stopped, not sure if he was seeing what he thought he saw. The old forgotten laundry room that had been the site of Jason killing Rick Carlson was gone. The entire room had crumbled down, becoming large piles of broken stone. There was a five-foot area in front of the doorway where there was no visible damage other than ash. Then you came to a large mound of stone that was several feet tall. The roof had caved in, as had some of the floor above. If we climb to the left, we should be able to get out, Matt said, pointing to a spot in which Jason could see out into the yard. He knew that was as good of a place as any to make their escape. Shall we? Let's go, Jason said, starting to climb the crumbled rock. Moving around was easier than Jason thought it would be. He slipped only twice, losing his footing when a rock slid unexpectedly. Overall, this was going far easier than he'd imagined. Every few steps he stopped to look around. He saw that Matt was doing the same. What they were looking for was obvious. They were looking to see if there were any vampires lurking around. There were many out there that were still unaccounted for. Where could they be? Jason thought about all of the dark shadows he'd seen as they passed the open cells. He suspected that a lot had returned there after the explosion. Despite his theory, he still had a bad feeling about all of this. They continued moving towards the opening. They had already gone more than half of the distance, showing no sign of slowing. It looked as though they were going to make it. They came to where the wall had once stood less than two minutes later. They passed through the opening in the wall, descending back down towards the yard. Jason tried to get his bearings, to determine where they were exactly. His eyes scanned the scene, seeing a few trees and mostly open land. They were still in the yard, just in a different part than he was familiar with. A barbed wire fence separated this yard and the yard they'd already been in. In between those two yards was a six-foot-wide trail that led straight from a security office to the outer perimeter of the entire complex. That was their ticket out of here. Jason turned to Matt and explained to him what the plan was. Matt nodded, as if the plan was sound, yet his eyes never actually met Jason's. For the most part, those eyes had been focused on something to Jason's right for most of the conversation. When Jason turned to look at what Matt was seeing... Matt shook his head. He wanted Jason to stay focused on him. Something bad was happening. Chapter 46 Matt's eyes continued to focus on an object that Jason couldn't see. He watched Matt's facial expressions, trying to determine what his expressions meant. It didn't take long to figure out that they'd been discovered. Matt lunged forward, racing past him. Jason turned as Matt swung the stake, driving it deep into the chest of a vampire. Another vampire, a young woman, moved up behind Matt. Jason worried that Matt didn't realize that she was there. He ran to help, holding the stake in front of him. He slammed his shoulder against the attacking vampire, getting just enough of its attention to get it to turn. Seeing his opportunity, Jason slammed the stake into the young woman's chest, puncturing a hole between her breasts. She turned to Ash in front of him. Good job, Matt said. We have to get out of here. They know we're still alive. 
As they spoke, the moon disappeared behind the overhead clouds. In the east, the faintest gleam of light appeared on the horizon. The sun would be coming up soon, but it would still be a while before there was enough light to ensure their safety. For the time being, they would be forced to fight in the darkness. A growl grew behind them. Matt turned, saw something, then turned to Jason. Run for the fence, he said. Jason didn't need to be told twice. He ran hard, feeling each step he made in the throb that used to be his head. All he wanted to do was lie down and take a nap. He believed that if he made it out of this alive, he would never want to run again. Jason turned to see what was following them, but didn't see anything. All he saw was darkness. His mind wandered, trying to imagine the worst possibilities. It was already bad enough that there were vampires waiting for their moment to jump out and kill him. They came to the barbed wire fence. Matt plunged his arms into the metal, trying to pry the fence apart. He screamed out, in obvious pain as the barbs tore into his flesh through his long sleeve prison shirt. Help me, Matt said, grimacing at the pain he surely felt. Feeling the presence of vampires directly behind them, Jason grabbed hold of the wire with his free hand and helped create a hole large enough for them to get through. Matt moved through first, his shirt becoming tattered rags as they shredded. Matt continued moving, grunting as the first signs of blood surfaced through his shirt. After a little more effort, he made it through. Matt held the path open as Jason attempted to do the same. He turned sideways, sliding through carefully. His left hand hurt where a barb sunk deep into his skin. He ignored the pain the best he could, taking his time to squeeze through. When he looked back the way they'd come, he realized that he was going to have to move much faster. Five vampires were approaching, visible as shadows in the darkness. Jason picked up the pace, feeling the barbs tearing through his shirt and skin. The pain was intense, making him wonder if this was worth it. He closed his eyes and made the final push through the barbed wire and into the road that led out of the prison. The path was small, just wide enough for two people to walk side by side. Jason stopped and looked beyond the other fence into the yard where they'd been mere hours before. Jason's mouth opened as he saw the carnage. Bodies, possibly more than a hundred, were on the ground. One, less than five feet from the fence, was moving slowly. He was asking for help with a voice that was filled with blood. How he managed to live that long, Jason didn't know. Come on, Matt said, pulling at Jason's shoulder. We have to get out of here. They're already coming through the fence. Jason looked back towards the vampires and saw that Matt was right. The five vampires were coming through the barbed wire, moving as if they felt no pain. Matt ran towards the exit. Jason did the same, feeling just how close they were to being on the outside of the prison. After 16 years of spending every second of every day in this facility, he was extremely close to being on the outside. Through the darkness, the gate came into view. Less than 50 yards away, they were approaching quickly. The vampires behind them were approaching faster than they could get to the gate. A battle seemed inevitable. Jason turned briefly to see where the vampires were. They were less than 20 yards back, approaching at speeds that were too fast to be human. Something caught Jason's eyes. He looked to the right and saw a shadow moving through the air. It swooped down, removing one of the vampires that were in pursuit. Jason saw two shadows rise back into the air and burst into a ball of blue flame. What in the hell is that? Matt asked. Looking back over his shoulder, Jason didn't know, 
It was a question that he'd wanted to ask Matt. Blue flame? Matt asked as he continued running. Shadows moved around from everywhere, picking off vampire after vampire. As each shadow disappeared, another ball of blue fire appeared in the sky, giving Matt and Jason another glimpse of the ground below. The pursuing vampires had stopped, trying to figure out what was picking them off. Their eyes were to the sky, looking at the latest ball of blue fire as it fell from the sky to the ground below. Matt was the first to reach the gate. It was a large metallic gate with an electronic lock. That was perfect on a night when the power was out. Matt grabbed hold of the gate, trying to pull it open. It wouldn't budge. Jason grabbed hold with his free hand, leaning back with all of his weight. Again, the gate wouldn't budge. I can't believe we came all this way for nothing, Matt said, his voice filled with frustration. What if we pushed at it, Jason asked, wanting to give it a try. Matt slapped himself with the palm of his hand against his forehead. Why didn't I think of that? They each put their shoulders against the gate, pushing as hard as they could. At first, nothing happened. Jason was about to give up when he heard something creak and felt the slightest bit of movement. He looked back momentarily, making sure that the vampires hadn't renewed their pursuit. No, they were still busy as another ball of blue fire appeared in the sky. There was only one left. The last remaining vampire turned and ran towards him, picking up a full head of steam. It was now or never. Jason grunted as he and Matt pushed as hard as they could one final time. The gate creaked loudly as it slowly started opening. Jason kept one eye behind him, watching as the lone remaining vampire approached. He would be to them in less than ten seconds. The door wasn't going to open fast enough. Get out of the way, Matt said as he lunged left, pressing himself against the barbed wire. Jason went with Matt's instructions, dodging to the right and pressing up against the sharp metal. The vampire, panicked and frightened, did not see them move. He kept running forward until he slammed against the door, smashing it open. The vampire kept running, heading for the trees off to the right. Jason watched as the shadows moved again, consuming the last remaining vampire. He was lifted into the air and burst into blue flames. Let's go, Matt said, running through the door. Jason stepped forward, getting his first taste of freedom in 16 years. He wished that it were under better circumstances. Something had picked off the vampires one by one. Jason wasn't about to stick around to see if whoever or whatever was friendly or not. Jason and Matt headed left following an old trail that meandered through the woods. They moved left, right, and then left again. There didn't seem to be a specific direction to follow. It seemed to move with the contour of the land and the way the trees parted. Another ball of blue flame appeared less than a 100 feet behind them. Jason's heart exploded in his chest, realizing that this was far from over. The vampires were still on their trail, and something else was still out there. Jason felt his throat tighten as fear gripped him. It wasn't as much for the darkness as it was for whatever it was that was out there, attacking the vampires. Anything that could remove vampires like that would certainly make short work of them. Jason fell, unable to get wind into his lungs. Matt continued running for a few steps before he stopped, turning back towards Jason. Go, Jason said, remembering what they had discussed back inside the prison. They were to leave the other behind if something happened. Matt wasn't holding up his end of the bargain. I wouldn't still be alive if it weren't for your help, Matt said as he knelt down next to him. I'd probably still be in that damn kitchen, fighting my way out. He paused, examining their surroundings. What's wrong? Is everything okay? 
I don't know, Jason said, unable to admit to the fear that he felt. There was another fear running through him, one as powerful as anything he'd felt previously. He was afraid of what Matt would think if he knew that Jason was afraid of yet something else. He found that he really cared about what Matt thought of him. Jason started getting to his feet, his eyes moving to the horizon through the trees. The sky to the east was becoming brighter. They would be seeing the sun within the next 10 to 15 minutes if the clouds didn't prevent anything. They couldn't stop yet. Another ball of flame, this one less than 50 feet back, got him moving again. He ran hard, mad on his heels. They ran for their lives. They came to a small clearing. Jason turned to the right, wanting to get back into the seclusion of the trees. Matt followed closely behind, but was moving further out into the open. When Jason saw what he was doing, he altered his path, wanting to stay as close to Matt as possible. Matt stopped suddenly, turning right and raising his stakes. The movement happened in less than a second, so quick that Jason almost couldn't stop in time. He nearly ran into Matt's back. Something swooped out of the air, the sound of air rushing around them. Matt leaped into the air, bringing the stake down. Matt was slammed backwards, dropping to the ground and pushed several feet through the grass. When he came to a stop, Jason saw that there was something on top of him. It wasn't moving. Matt swung to the right, pushing the dark figure off him. Jason ran to Matt's side, never taking an eye off the figure on the ground. As he passed the figure, he slowed enough to get a good look. It was short, maybe five and a half feet tall. It had wavy hair that was shoulder length. It wore tattered pajamas, very similar to... He stopped suddenly, a sense of familiarity coming over him. He'd seen pajamas like that before, but where? It obviously couldn't have been while he was in prison. It had to have been before his arrest. When would he have seen pajamas like those? The answer came to him, slamming into his mind like the side of a hard-swung baseball bat. He dropped to his knees and grabbed the side of the figure. As Matt stood and approached, Jason worked hard to turn the figure over. As he did, his heart skipped a beat. He was right. Mom. Jason whispered. There you have it. That was episode 25 of Incarceration. Now comes that time of the episode where I have to do the shameless self-promoting. Of course, if you don't want to listen anymore, you can just stop right now. There's no harm in it. But I'm going to try to go quickly because I want to ask a little bit of a favor from those of you who are still listening. The usual twitter.com slash goingpostalpub facebook.com slash goingpostalpublishing. Website is goingpostalpublishing.com. You can email me your questions, comments, or cheap shots at goingpostalpublishing at gmail.com. Click on the Amazon banner at goingpostalpublishing.com and do all your Amazon purchases. That helps out the podcast. So, if you're still listening, I would like to ask a little favor of you. We are 25 episodes into incarceration, plus there are several other episodes out there, so, why don't you give a review? Go on iTunes and just help out a little bit. Give a review on iTunes and just tell the world what you think of this podcast. Of course, if you have nothing nice to say, you're probably not listening. But if you still are listening to the this 25 episodes in and you have something that can be constructive and help others out in you know, being able to discover this podcast and learn about this story and other stories, by all means, please leave a 
a review on iTunes. It'll help me out. It'll help get the story out to other ears or eyes in the case of those who actually want to read it. So if you could do that, that would be simply awesome. So thank you. Those were my shameless self-promotions for the week. I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to be back next week with the final episode of Incarceration as far as how the actual story goes. And then I'll be back after that for some other stuff. But until next time, take care. You've been listening to the Going Postal Cast. For updates about Christopher Chapman, his stories, and future podcast happenings, be sure to go to goingpostalpublishing.com. If you want to follow along on Twitter, twitter.com slash goingpostalpub, or like him at facebook.com slash goingpostalpublishing. This podcast is copyright 2012, Going Postal Publishing.